welcome to ARC Audiobook Club. Today we're talking about Han Kang's The Vegetarian, that besides from being thoroughly depressing and the winner of the International Man Booker Prize 2016, has taught some of us about the perception of characters. We'll do our best, and by we, I mean Emily Bang. Hello. Franik Kobanski. Hi. And as always, Macon Holt. Hello. Who wants to do a recap? I'll do a short recap. This book is about a woman who has a dream that makes her believe that she should become a vegetarian. Uh, the woman is named Young Hae. It takes place in South Korea, I should say. And the story is told through three characters surrounding Young Hae. First, her husband. Secondly, uh, the, her brother-in-law. And thirdly, her sister. Mm-hmm. And I think this is all you need to know. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, why has this book been written, or why are these three people telling the story, and to whom? And is this even a good question? I think there's an interesting thing which happened to me when I was reading the book was that I kind of found that you start off reading the reading the book thinking you're going to be hearing the story of the this uh, this titular vegetarian Yong Hae, and as the book continues and, the, and the, it moves slowly from this. Uh, the perspective of of her husband through to her brother-in-law and then finally her sister you feel that you're watching not the break not anything about the breakdown of this character but rather the breakdown of another of another family and i think the way that it tells the story is it allows like kind of like a, a physical representation of other people's suffering to exist through the main character in a certain way, which is a massively problematic thing that for many different reasons, because it diminishes the role and and the agency of this character. But at the same time, I think that the response, what I what I heard um, uh, the author Han Kang say in, in an interview was that it was, and I'm not entirely sure I buy this, but it was more a story about a chi- an attempt to reject human violence. Mm-hmm. And that in, in a very broad sense of the of the word. And I think the violence that's done between people in, all, in even like a kind of a suffocating relationship is kind of being experienced by her body as she's trying to reject her capability for it. So I think that what it does is it, it decenters the central issue of the novel by mm-hmm. having it go through a process almost kind of further away from her, spinning out in kind of circles away from the main character. These mm-hmm. gestures don't translate in audio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so you're saying that Young Hae is the one rejecting human violence, but in doing so, she actually creates quite a lot of violence around mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Because all the whole family who's represented in these in these three parts are react very not necessarily violently, but quite mm-hmm. ag- aggressively violently. or was some some yeah also emotionally violent mm. at least. Yeah, I think in a I read it different or I had a different uh, interview with uh, with the author and she compliments the, the idea that the, this book is about violence with the idea that it's also a book about the uh, impossibility of innocence which mm. uh, which to her both issues are linked uh, and and the way I read it uh, was mainly as uh, as a text which is full of absence like the main uh, titular vegetarian you never really get to know her apart from uh, those rare instances where mm. you have a, a glimpse into her dreams and memories, but I think we're going to talk about it later. But uh, throughout the book, she's consistently 
absent as as a as a, as a voice of mm-hmm. herself, and what we get instead is just uh, what people make out of her. Uh, and I think this is uh, this perspective, which is outside of her, uh, those those others who always perceive her in some sense. Uh, uh, this perspective spells out the, the the impossibility of being just the way you are, impossibility of being innocent as she would she would like to. Uh, in, in her quest to be vegetarian, to somehow impersonate some 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 goodness, she creates mm. more violence, and that's mm. paradoxical because mm. of the others. It's kind of like an idea which I can't remember where it's from, but it's a it's a thing that Simone de Beauvoir discusses about the when you try and so if we were to say that Yonghei has been somewhat oppressed by this violence, is burdened by it in some mm. way, to throw it off inevitably requires the creation of more violence even if it's in, indirect like when you are trying to resist a powerful violent oppressor there's no chance that that will not produce more violence mm. mm-hmm. but do you do you think about the violence in the world or do you think about the violence which she actually goes through uh in her madness i, I, I don't think of the distinct i don't think she's i don't think she's the one inflicting the violence mm-hmm. maybe only to herself yeah uh, like it's almost like she has to self-destruct in order to to become innocent, like she has to not exist, yeah. which is also massively problematic <laughs> idea. Um, but of course, that it's more that it produces violence. Yeah. But her quest for innocence then is also the ultimate self-serving thing, isn't it? Innocence often is. Like that's the <laughs> like I remember. Like I, it, it that reminds me. I was last year I went on that march about. Uh, Danish refugee policy and everyone was chanting the same thing not in my name and I was like great okay so not in your name <laughs> still happening <laughs> you know it's the same thing like when you if you were looking for a purity then yeah you're going to be it is somewhat narcissistic yeah mm. it should be said that this vegetarianism is not your not even close to like a pita vegetarianism it's like a full <laughs> riddance of substance in her body but it's also weird that it's like so called the vegetarian but really mm-hmm. she's vegan she's vegan and but also so this trans what i love about this book is that it so perfectly describes this very violent transformation she goes through from deciding not to eat any animal products to de- feeling as if she needs mm-hmm. to become a tree yeah. which entails not eating at all so like so when the reason that we might be saying things like this is just to explain maybe to the listener things like madness mm-hmm. is because it does become very extreme yeah. uh, a form of anorexia if you want to diagnose it but the book also shifts because it seems that in the first part of the book that is narrated by her husband it's a conscious choice she makes mm-hmm. i mean it's a behalf on a, it's on behalf of a dream and it it seems that she doesn't really have a choice but it still seems as if it's her decision mm. and as the book progresses in the last part of the book it seems that it's an illness she has it's a mental illness mm. and she doesn't seem right and she doesn't seem as if she's yeah. well yeah but that's also a question I, w- I wonder like with um <clears throat> and is this the shift of yeah. sympathy with her does it change that she goes from being in control, sort of. I'm not sure if she ever has any control yeah. of the situation to yeah. actually being mentally ill. But I wonder if, like, also that is also a, 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 a something that was produced. Like, it was always a potential, but then she was kind of pushed to. Yes. Like it. I, I think maybe that was not the inevitable end of of her position. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like it's the way that um, that her surroundings. Her surrounding. Well, the way they, yeah, the way they impact against her her um, her experience of herself. Mm. 
and the way that there's, I mean, like this, we're talking about a very, like the description of the culture is very restrictive to the extent where everyone in her family refers to her husband always as Mr. Cheong. Yeah. Mm. Always with this title form. Mm. Right. I think, yeah, there's this, there's this thing in the way the relationship names of the family are more important than the people that fulfill them. Yes. And in that position, the idea of a very subjective experience of a dream leading you to do anything is unacceptable because that position that she's in of daughter, wife, uh, sister-in-law... Sister. Is, is not yet, yeah, or sister, mm. is not to be defined by those kind of subjective feelings. It is defined by its, by its title. But I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's also what... This whole book is kind of reacting against, or like a, an allegory for this kind of breaking free from these kinds of bounds. But and to me, the um, the last part of the um, novel where she becomes, let us call it, the most insane, mm-hmm. also shows to me that in this world you are not allowed to be insane. Like she's not left alone in her insanity. She's put in a in a, a uh, in asylum. A, asylum. The sister nearly makes herself insane trying to help her and cure her and and always it seems these measures are making her worse um i'm but it's a it's an ethical dilemma because what she wants to do is she wants to not eat so that she can become a tree Mm. but the people in the ward think if she does not eat (laughs) she will die (laughs) these are two they they are not wrong (laughs) opposing views of reality but she's not left with hers no, and maybe, yeah, because she seemed to be okay in the second part of the book. Mm. And then she gets hospitalized again, and then she gets really ill and wants to become a tree. So maybe it would never have escalated in that way. But I wonder if uh, it is the, the, the idea of becoming a tree, mm. yes, if, if, if it is with her from the very beginning, or if it just starts with the, with the dream, which just tells her reject the meat. Mm. But then it kind of... I, I think she's not... Uh, not a fixed character throughout the whole book. Of course, she 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 is she undergoes the process, mm. and and from page to page she becomes mm. more and more logically consistent with the ideas she has. Like okay, yeah. if I'm first I don't eat meat, then I kind of approach this less like she rejects. She would like to reject being human, so she turns into a tree. What do trees do? They don't mm. not only eat meat, but they don't eat anything. So. I'm not sure how much of what she does is dictated by the world around her and the and the reactions of people, uh, and how much of it is just kind of a, of a logic of what she develops and understands uh, towards the end. Like clearly towards the end of the first part, she already has this tree-like behavior, which is the first uh, sign of, uh, of of madness, right? Which which makes her um, medicated and hospitalized for the first time. But I think it's very hard to to just see her as a as a fixed character throughout mm. the book. Mm. She progresses uh, in what she, oh, certainly, who yeah. she is. I feel that I mean I feel that uh, she is not. She is there as a kind of a very clever plot device for us to look into the minds of the three characters. Mm. I definitely think that the that the husband and uh, the brother-in-law and the sister are their points of view was what I found, you know, their characters were were definitely the most interesting to me Mm -hmm. and her decision and her way of life, like you said, Mm. decenters their very existence Mm. in some way so that they must react and they all react in these very different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that was 
That was the most interesting part of the book, at least uh, to me. Mm. Uh, the, 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 the husband who who's pretty cold and boring and just decides to leave her, and the brother-in-law who finds her suddenly very, very attractive. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> even though, as you say, one of them uh, finds her attractive and the other one rejects it, eventually they both are really selfish. They, they, they never really have empathy towards her, mm. which was very striking to me that this book presents people who are completely, uh, maybe apart from the sister in the last part, but... Mm. Uh, this sense of uh, of characters deprived of empathy and uh, always center on, on on themselves rather than on a person. Yeah, because they're all wondering about why she's a vegetarian, and um, they have really strong emotions towards it. But at one point, she is asked, and mm -hmm. it's the brother-in-law, the artist, who asks her mm -hmm. why she is a vegetarian. Because it seems yeah. that that question is lacking, and that could be uh, a turning point if someone just asked her. And but he does, and she says she wouldn't understand, and no. he doesn't understand. But he's not very good at explaining it either. No, that's also true. Um, <laughs> but isn't it that they wouldn't understand because she knows? Uh, knowing how the world is cruel around her, that they will basically always try to make sense of what she's doing through the lens of how it affects them. Like her husband is only concerned about her not eating meat from a perspective of her being not fit to attend the dinner with a boss and how mm. is it going to affect his work. Uh, same goes for the, for the, for the brother-in-law. No, I think the brother-in-law could have helped her or understood her if she wanted to say more than just, I had a dream. I mean, he's pretty freaky, so... No. I really liked... I thought the, uh, the brother-in-law, that part of the story was, to me, yeah. the most full of a sort of life. Yeah. Um, and I thought his perspective was so um, different from the two others, because the two others kind yeah. of have this kind of obligation to her as a husband and as a sister, whereas he desires her and mm -hmm. is not allowed to. So her desire to become this tree is kind of mirrored in his sexual yeah. desire for yeah. her. And he does seem to be the one who's closest to understanding her. He paints yeah. in his artwork her body with flowers. So there is an intuitive understanding of what she yeah. is. Did you have something funny? <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you that on the surface of it, yes. But uh, ultimately, what he sees in her is a possibility of realizing his mm. own personal dream, which he's mm. been chasing for mm. such a long time. And in this sense, again, she yeah. is just basically an object for him. Yeah. Which uh, is still better than the ones. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least there's something new that would be made from that process, oh, as opposed oh. to, like, we can just maintain this right through no, to I the guess, end. Uh, I yeah. Guess in yeah. A, yeah. But it is a <laughs> small victory. Yeah, in a, yeah. Yeah. So now we have talked about the books, the characters, <laughs> the three parts. I have some questions because there are a lot of things I don't understand about this book and it's not the plot I get the plot <laughs> good for you <laughs> in the first part of the book it's really inconsistent and this goes uh, as a threat throughout the book mm. but for example on page three she's described as unremarkable in every way but then right after she's described as jaundiced with sickly looking skin and that doesn't seem sound unremarkable and then on page 18 she catches cockroaches by smacking them with the palm of her hand yeah. and that doesn't sound unremarkable either you don't know how it is in south korea <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> i think i think you underestimate the number of people that look quite sickly i have friends who <laughs> i come from england and i know many people who look perpetually unwell but i mean i notice when people have sickly looking skin 
And it's I, remarkable. I mean, I don't necessarily keep the image with me for days, <laughs> but <all laughs> obsess about it or like write poems about it. But I notice. I mean, uh, well, there's, there's, there's and then there are normal people that look so normal that I don't notice them and I can't remember their face. And but this seems like a feature that does stray from the normal. To me, these uh, the inconsistencies, as you mentioned, to me, they're not like a flaw in the narration. To me, they're very much a product of the fact that it's narrated by three different people. And I know that the inconsistencies come in sometimes in the same part, so narrated by the same or from mm-hmm. the same point of view. But I feel that I think it's her husband who says that she's mediocre in every way, but she's also sickly looking. That he's unremarkable. Yeah, unremarkable, but also sickly looking. But his point of view is also slightly sick in some way. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. find it surprising that he would find this part of her unremarkable because mm-hmm. he's kind of chosen this, this wife out of a, this a mediocre wife for other reasons than his actual love for her. Mm-hmm. And then, I've, so these different inconsistencies, I do find them consistent with the different people who are voicing yeah. them. And the character and their perspective, their gaze, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Mm. Because then he says later on page six that we were approaching the five-year mark and since we were never madly in love to begin with, we were able to avoid falling into that stage of weariness and boredom that can otherwise turn married life into a trial. Yeah. But it also sounds as if their married <laughs> life is also a trial. And like really boring <laughs> and really weary and yeah. they, they don't even like that's each it, other. That's exactly what he wanted. <laughs> he didn't want that. He didn't, he didn't, it's the difference between always having been bored and being disappointed. Mm. And not being surprised by it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like having gone into it with like your eyes open going, this will do. Mm. <laughs> the best way to go into any Yes, marriage. especially because yeah. illegal contracts <laughs> are always best with a sober head. <laughs> <laughs> and then on page, ni- on page 19, he says, I resisted the temptation to indulge in introspection. This strange situation had nothing to do with me. And I mean, that's a paradox because he might always already have introspected enough to know that if he does it, then he will have had something to do mm. with it. And yeah, I mean, but I mean, the guy's a dick, right? Yeah, but it made him more interesting and yeah. the book way more interesting. Um, yeah. And not for yeah. psychological insight, but for these, like the perspective of the characters. I yeah. mean, this is just mm. the first part. <clears throat> like this is definitely not something I paid attention to uh, like as I was reading in a sense it was not standing out or striking me the inconsistencies you mentioned now I guess on a secondary reading a close reading of a text they might actually strike you especially mm-hmm. if somebody uh, somebody shares them with you in advance but it's, it's really interesting I think with this is that the, the way that this character works particularly this husband character is he has the most self-defeating worldview you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it's inconsistent and unsound is perfect because his kind of like, he holds this kind of mediocrity up on a, on a kind of pedestal of like the perfect quiet life. Mm. And the argument I guess is implicitly made like, is that even living? So while his goal in life is to just go to this midpoint or maybe just below midpoint, because <laughs> the midpoint would be too noticeably the middle, um, <laughs> like we, you're just left going like, wh- why go to any of the effort? But it's something that she does with all the characters. 
um, because but it seems that there is a lot of sympathy in, in, in the beginning when I read the second part I mm. thought okay there is a lot of sympathy from the book towards this brother-in-law who is an artist mm. and is nocturnal and super tortured and can't live out his potential and what he wants for his art and uh, he hasn't done anything for years and he's still like neglecting his family but and he's not a nice person but like the book likes him the author really cares for him but then like Through the lines, it seems that he's a really shitty artist, mm. really. Um, like his own art and his ideas are just not that good. At the same time, he is against like conventional thinking that he at one point blames the his brother-in-law for. And at one point he's looking at some paintings and saying that they're so conventional he would never put his name on them. But his own art is also really bad and conventional. And I like this because it wasn't out there and the author didn't tell us yeah. that yeah. he's yeah. just as shitty as the first person mm. but in a new way yeah. but it was there all yeah. the time it lets you be very close mm. to his delusions of grandeur mm -hmm. you're, you're looking at them like, and you're so close to them you almost can't see what they are mm -hmm. and then if you step out you can lean back a little bit and you see like oh it's a delusion of grandeur but I thought um, I didn't really think I did sound like he was an artist who was stuck in a rut <clears throat> uh, I didn't really think about the, the quality of that the art that is described but that he does before thinking about Young Hay, but one thing that I I guess he is kind of the stereotypical, now that I think about it, the stereotypical role of the artist who sees the world a slightly different way than others, mm. and therefore understands Young Hay's mm. um, point of view much better, and her odd decision suddenly erupts something in him. He says specifically that that when she lived with them before she did all of this, like decided to become a vegetarian, had these dreams, he didn't think about her once. Mm. But as soon as she started having these dreams and changed, his desire for her completely erupted. And he creates this apparently amazing art with it. Or porn. No one can... No uh, one. It's all, and even his art desire art. becomes retrospective, or what do you call yes. Like he <laughs> desires her in the past, yes. which he knows he didn't do at the point. So these two characters, I feel like in the middle, these two characters have the potential of meeting, but don't. Mm. Then, so you have the first section where Young Hae and her husband are completely detached from another, a second section where she has the potential, two people have the potential of meeting each other, but don't, and the third section where everything mm. is lost mm. in a way because there is that moment towards the end of the second section where after um the artist and young hair have had sex covered in flower painting he wakes in the morning to find his wife in her kitchen and her, and she's declared that she has called the 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 an ambulance to take them both away to an insane asylum which is a wholly interesting thing to do at that point in time um But he then he has that wonderful moment where he decides that he is totally complete in this moment and in his brain decides he can go and jump off the balcony. And that's what he should do, but he can't actually get himself to do it. But that is the thing. That, that's, the prox that's how close he was to kind of getting... Didn't like, he? Did, wasn't he just caught before he jumped off? Well, no. at, the end of that, at the end of that she, section... No, she is almost. Yeah. No, well, he, ah. he also tries later yeah. on. Like You find out in the third section that he tried to mm -hmm. jump off the thing. But, but the thing is, like, he tried far too late to mm. actually be a serious attempt. Yes. But she tries to jump off the balcony. No, the she's just standing there naked, absorbing the sun. and oh, like, synthesizing. Uh, yeah, a little too close to the rail. Mm. Uh, but to me, he is 
the most pathetic of the characters. Oh yeah. Because well, there's the, no, because I mean the husband is an asshole and it's yeah. almost too much. And I mean less could have been more. But he knows who he is and he knows what he wants and yeah. he sticks to that and I don't know if that's a good thing in life. I but don't think he knows who he is. He just sticks to that. But okay, just, but well, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, he's but, but this uh brother in law is just so pathetic and ugh. He is quite pathetic and ugh. That's true. Mm. But but he's the one that I think the book is kindest to. Yeah. If maybe the sister, th- but at least him. It has sympathy for him being pathetic. Yeah, it's like because he's because he's he's trying, which is definitely the distinction between him and the husband. Mm. And also the sister, I think, because the sister is trying, but she's trying to live up to an expectation of what it is supposed, what she's supposed to be in society. Mm. But the brother-in-law, her husband, it should be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 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 trying but in an artist's way constantly trying to be in his life in the way that he would like mm. which mm. does not fit with expectations mm. i found him perhaps because the book describes him in that way like you say Gio, i definitely found him the most sympathetic of the characters though the sister's concern is also a sympathetic concern for her own sister mm. um but i suppose i don't know maybe it's because i just went to that art school and mm. uh, i just have Sympathy for all struggling artists. <laughs> I wouldn't take my word. <laughs> but then on to the third part of the book, mm. where we have the perspective of the sister. Is that a super classic storyline of self-discovery, where even like the lowest common denominator can keep up? I don't think she discovers anything. But she does at like at five points in that section it she says that yeah. <laughs> only now did she realize what that had yeah, meant but every, time, but every time it has that by the end of that recollection she's undercutting it really she's trying to dismiss it even okay. as, she's re- as she's remembering so, it okay so she's actually learning nothing now she's resisting learning because learning means she loses herself yeah because like so for example the, the, the recollection that I that stands out to me was the thing of um her remembering that their father was violently abusive to them, mm. but more so to Young Young Hei. And as she's describing this back to herself and the mm. thing of not helping, she then goes back and tries to justify herself not helping. Mm. So she's trying to say that her not helping or not doing a thing or not recognizing the violence as violence was fine because whatever had to be preserved had to be preserved against that. Can I just say something mm-hmm. with that? Mm-hmm. Because on page 129, she remembers how, as small children, their young cheeks were frequently left throbbing by their heavy-handed father. And then on page 157, it says, only after all this time was she able to understand why Young Hai had said what she said. Young Hai had been the only victim of their father's beating. Mm-hmm. What up? Their cheeks were left throbbing. But now it says... 30 pages later, that it was only the little sister that was being beaten. Yeah, uh, to me, I mean, at, um, these kinds of memories of childhood violence are, I think, per se, especially in literature, always inconsistent. And so it, it doesn't strike me as like a narrative inconsistency, but rather that either she just kind of denies her own implication in the beatings, her own beatings, or that they might have been slapped, but that Young Hei was beaten. Mm. It could also, I mean, someone who beats his kids could also slap all the kids and beat a certain kid. 
Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, think that, I didn't actually think about it, but but I, I would think that I don't think this guy is limiting himself to <laughs> one person. But it says that Yang Hai had been the only victim of, of the father's, father's beatings, beatings, which I would imagine to be a distinct thing compared to just being slapped. Casual slap. Yeah. From yeah, I think I think that's possible. I think he's just like he just does violence. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think he would have held himself back in that kind of casual thing. I don't uh-huh. think he would find it particularly meaningful. But to be honest, when you say about these things, I realized that to me that was the weakest part of the book, because in a way, all the characters through Young Hae's um, actions, if they realize it or not, they change. Mm. This, but it's it's so implicitly written in the book. It's so beautiful. Their changes come sort of in their actions. It's a perfect show. Don't tell. Mm. But in the last part, mm. the the it's such a it becomes too explicit to yeah. me as a style. I realized suddenly that this violence, and in a way, it to me, it that section would have been better had it been somehow in her actions rather than her words. Yeah. Um, but it should probably be said that the sister at some point relays her story of trying to go or planning to go kill herself. Yes. So, but doesn't. So you read it as a suicide attempt as well, right? Yes. Can you no, read it is, in another it, way? Is that the part of Supposedly like it was? It had been so easy to abandon her child or something uh, like that. Uh, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. When she yeah, she does bring a rope into the forest. No, exactly. So I was also I also read it as an, a suicide attempt. But That's where I think that the translation is bad because uh, she just handed over her kid to her neighbors, right? to have them look after him for the night because she was going to the hospital. And then it says a few pages later that it had been so easy to abandon him. And I think that abandon is just too strong a word. No, but I don't think uh, uh, that's... she When she's in the hospital, she thinks about the time when he's... Everyone is in the apartment sleeping. And she goes out in the early morning into the forest with... Uh, sandals. On. With sandals, only her pajamas, sandals yeah. and a rope. And then it doesn't say anything. It kind of stops there and later on just says she went That, back. Yeah, she went back. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it does show that just, just like Young Hae, she's actually completely fed up with mm-hmm. the society she's living mm-hmm. in. But she doesn't have a kind of way of expressing it. And Young Hae's way of expressing it is not necessarily a sane way either. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but she... Whereas the sister struggles with it, continues to choose to struggle with it, Young Hae just mm. lets go. So would it be fair to say that the, because we say all the characters change, but uh, all of them do struggle and uh, and try to find a way of of resolving the struggle apart from the husband? Or would you say well, that? He divorces her, so well, the husband, yeah. he makes a change. He's, he's, he's now a divorced man. He's got a characteristic which he has to deal with. <laughs> A status symbol that yeah. he needs to... He really needs to, like... He's got, like, an identity label now. <laughs> a divorcee. But uh, other than that, I think your point is good, Frank. Mm. That they all somehow do change. Yeah. Or oh, their situation changes. I don't know if they change. But then, like, each each section cuts off its narrator. Uh-huh. So the first mm. section results in the divorce. Mm. The second section results in an estrangement. And the third uh, section might result in a suicide. But is that a personal change or just a change of situation? But like, but it's but they they are 
their end points. Mm. It's very weird. Like the 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 proximity to Young A cuts people out of that reality. It's 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 a it's a weird thing. Like they can't really develop because the development is within the course of that section. Yeah, so like we don't know what happened. They have to like they have to drop off like leaves from a tree. Um, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> like leaves from a tree. Kind of fitting. That's true. We never get to know what happened afterwards, really. Here we get like we get like a mention about the divorce from Mr. Sean. We get a mention of um, the the brother-in-law trying to call up to see his kid, and then we get the suggestion that she's going returning to the forest where the, where the yeah the road. Oh. It's weird that isn't it? No character can survive the narration process. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting because I thought the author was dead, but apparently the characters. You thought the author was dead. <laughs> the author is dead. <laughs> But the character is dead oh, as well. Oh, in that way. Mm-hmm. I was like, is there a fact I have not no, been picking no, no, up no. on? But the reader has no, been born. The, uh, has she been giving <laughs> interviews posthumously? <laughs> but I see that we are on theory. And oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Hang Kang, <laughs> Kang lives. Hang Kang is... Uh, as of this uh, day. Just creative writing somewhere. It's old, I think. But um. then we have Young Hai's perspective mm-hmm. in the dreams and the memories throughout only the first section. What did you think about them? I didn't like them. Thank you. Me I neither. was disappointed. <laughs> and the fourth? <laughs> oh, such pressure. <laughs> um, no, no, actually I didn't like them because to me they tried they were tried to be very explanatory but didn't really but they yeah. explain anything. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm. they I, I think they explained everything. But like like the way they explain explained like um the motivations for a different story. <laughs> Mm. You know, like it, they they explained it in such a simplified way that it didn't relate to the world in which the rest of the story was set. Yeah, yeah I think they were unnecessary as a part of the book, basically. I mean, apart from the from the dreams, maybe, which I'm not a big fan of dreams. But uh, after after taking a look at uh, all those uh, inserts, they struck me still as the most relevant ones because. Uh, you like the dreams? Yeah, because uh, apart from the dreams, uh, you also have her memories. And, uh, I like the memories. Like mm. the one about the dog on page 41 and 42. Mm. Oh. I thought it was good because it didn't say this is evil. It mm. Again, it was not explained. It was done. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, I don't think this was this was at all necessary. I mean, so far we've been able to, to, to get a lot of the book without them. Mm. Uh, because the book yeah. itself, as it is, taking those excerpts apart, tells a lot between the lines, and yeah. this is sort of an addition which kind of tries to justify uh, uh, yeah. what, what what is being said in the in the actual rest of the story. Yeah, and kind of doesn't fit, and it it, it kind of seems like just just one bit too much. Mm. Mm. Emilia, you seem like you have a strong reaction. <laughs> no, it's only that I do agree that the dreams are so odd compared to the rest of the book, but that I guess they kind of show why Young Hay's reality is so different from the rest of the people in the book because the dreams are very carnal and violent and mm. bloody. Mm. Mm. And these kinds of, you nearly, as a reader, I think I f- you nearly feel <coughs> all this raw meat on your body or yeah. when you're, when you're um, reading it. Mm. And uh, if this is the reality, that she sees, then it's of course completely incongruous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to to the reality of the three characters telling the story. Yeah, but I think it will like. I could agree with what you say, but I think then, like uh, structure-wise, it would be better to just have one dream, like very strong, one image, 
which you are left mm. with rather than breaking it down into repetitive yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also repetitive only in the first section yeah. which has loads of problematic implications because yeah. 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 that basically defers her well I mean maybe it's good maybe, maybe it's a descriptive problematic that it's describing the problematic that she is um, in some way encompassed within this husband identity that whatever sense of self it is is within that person's paradigm of reality but then it's really weird formally because it doesn't actually repeat and you think where has this whole voice gone and now has she gone too far into abstract space in the head but she isn't in the second section it's yeah I would have loved to have her dreams in all the sections maybe yeah, they changed yeah. yeah yeah maybe they became positive maybe they became a positive tree message <laughs> but I, I did think that they were not strong no but I also think it would be more fascinating in a way to actually have even less insight into her because if this is a premise of a book that you don't really get to know what happens to her and you only get a perspective to people around her and it illustrates certain problems yeah. of, of human relations of, of how we always assume what other people are without having any access uh, and if this is sort of a, 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 one of the problems of the book then I would like to have it executed uh, yeah, even fully, more yeah. fully and even more coherently and I think then we'll, the book would be more interesting to me because I would be left with this person yeah. Yeah. as a complete blank because it just mentions once in the second section it's because I had a dream you won't understand yeah. Yeah. that would have been yeah. wonderfully enigmatic so right. intriguing yeah <laughs> and I would have had to like I, I could have made the most because I mean I think this notion of like having very visual descriptions of like flesh and feeling this kind of physicality and, 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 mm. the, and the, the horror of that would be great in a different book and it sort of gets towards that as her body's breaking down in the third section you get that kind of that same sort of thing coming back again but it but it's not a very strong link yeah, to me it felt like uh, she almost got scared of the consequences of her idea and at some moment she decided, okay, I'm going to back up mm. and I'm going to actually insert those dreams and memories to add. I, I, I think the, whoever reads the book, like it, it, it's, it's not necessary to have mm. it at your disposal. We've warmed up and I think Emilia is uh, ready to talk about her re racist preconceptions about the translation of this book. Is that the translation? Here I was, trying to get it softly in there. No, uh, it's just what you were thinking about in your first comment about the husband being a, a very a stereotype, like almost a caricature of this uncaring husband. Mm. I wasn't too surprised, basically, because I was thinking about kind of an Asian work culture of, mm. you know, eight to midnight and uh, also an and probably an asian conception of rank and social status and so his his sort of priorities to me seemed maybe aligned with this kind of culture so but then when you were saying that he was a dick i realized that i was just being perhaps a racist <laughs> that's what i wanted to say with that i think i think i think there is well, I think it's curious when I, I listened to an interview with the Guardian podcast, which actually you linked me to. The interviewer was asking, saying to her that um, it, was this kind of a satire of the patriarchy of South Korean society? And she kept trying to say, no, it's a small universal point about about uh, human cruelty. And I thought that what was quite banal about this observation is like, yes, of course, there is this level to be made into it. But she's she's enunciated it in a specific form. And how do you mean that? I mean that she's she's the way that she's exploring violence is within the restrictions of the culture in which she's situated the story. And that this universal idea about human violence manifests itself in specifics. 
So to say that the specifics are not related to that universal mm. idea, or like, or should not be engaged with, mm. or not being prioritized, like not not take any sort of importance away from that idea, I think is disingenuous because it doesn't let you address this idea because you don't you can't deal with the empirical experience of it clearly to show a general idea you need a particular instance and that was the one she had at her disposal well yeah but like i mean like more within a kafkaesque story i don't think yeah. you have that like if you have the trial it's not set anywhere yeah but with the premise of the, the novel is actually realistic in some sense uh, but now i feel you're just being now you feel you're being a you're eurocentric there with your the trial not set anywhere <laughs> but but i i see your point and i guess what she's uh, uh, maybe uh, <laughs> i guess what she's maybe reacting against is i also read that someone was like this is an allegory mm. of south korean society and the restrictions and someone like the, the that young hay is kind of the mm. allegory of breaking out in mm. in different ways mm. and i think that's also a very restrictive mm. way of seeing the novel mm. that there are lots of other things yeah. going on in yeah. the novel yeah. that are not just about south korea yeah yeah for yeah. sure like, i also see your point what i think is like if you try to present a story and set it in a particular setting then you can escape this particular mm. setting in a way like you mm. kind of forced to, to to go with it and then the number of interpretations of what you read out of it and on what level you address the problems then this is left to, to, to whoever uh, addresses the book. And I guess, of course, the problems this person is going to find in the book going to be reflection of this person's problems. Mm. Of, like you always, uh, at least I find, in, like, I think you all, the reader always reflects their own problems uh, in, the, in, in the literature, mm. what's most meaningful to them. They uh, intuitively refer to the, this level of... Uh, of her engagement, so maybe somebody who is from South Korea and is a part of this world would read this along the lines of a satire or a critique of a society, whereas us who sit who knows how many thousands of kilometers away uh, and uh, we have completely different backgrounds, so of course different things appeal mm -hmm. to us. Uh, and just that was just a purely technical in a way point, uh, which yeah. I think that was a really interesting thing. Macon, you said something about how this book had taught you something about the perspective of characters. I just, I, I think that um, it's not so much that it's like it's taught me about them, but it's a very good expression of the idea that uh, the shaping of reality is is particularly is very subjective. And I think the way that they are inconsistent with the way, like for example, there's that I think it was a thing that you pointed out to me as we were planning this whole podcast was the the, the line from the uh, the artist where he's trying to make this sort of porn art hybrid, and as he realizes the idea is tipping more towards porn, he says, uh, "No woman would agree to this," and you realize that while he's criticizing the brother-in-law for being very conventional, he is conventional enough to say that the category of woman is someone that does not agree to be in pornography. So those that, those females that agree to be in pornography are therefore not women. So this label is meaningful. It's got a, a, a meaningful, um, it's, it's got a meaning within the culture. It, it, it refers to uh, status and a respect structure and behaviors. And so his statement, no woman is, is, is telling that he actually, he wants that status in his artwork rather than this female body mm. and that's and, that, and that's interesting because he's his perspective of himself is that he's quite an original and a maverick and he's quite challenging but he's relying very heavily on this pre-established traditional uh idea and limit and limiting idea 
mm. uh, to get his expression across mm. as an artist. Yeah, that's interesting. What I learned and what I took out of this book was the idea that it's uh, extremely hard, or it illustrates the paradox that it's uh, extremely hard to just be on your own in this world and have this sort of uh, freedom which would not affect anybody else, that this is an illusion, that whatever actions you take will one way or the other inevitably uh, involve other people. Mm. Uh, and uh, this was something which, which, which I actually liked about the book, how well it illustrates this impossibility of just being yourself with uh, the goodness which could uh, come out of it, which doesn't come in the book really. Like in this relation to other people is, is always, uh, it always fails, but at least it's implied some goodness could come out of it. But it also yeah. illustrates the, all the negative consequences that any choice you take, this choice will always affect other people, if only because they will interpret it. Mm. And so the idea that, that your actions could be independent and you can have mm. your own uh, responsibility for whatever you do. Yeah. This okay. one proves this to be is illusion. A, it's like an attack on uh, <laughs> Liberal Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's and Iron Rand. That's the real um, underlying <laughs> message of this. The current attack at the formation of the new Danish government. It is. is the, uh, I knew it. On that. <laughs> no, but it's also uh, it, it it comes back to me to the to the distinction between negative and positive freedom and uh, the freedom uh, expressed. I think it was John Stuart Mill, if I'm not mistaken, who says. Uh, you should be free to to uh, to have freedom as long as it doesn't affect other people. Mm. And already as an undergrad, this statement struck me as paradoxical because I sensed very strongly that any action would affect people in some way if you just happen to be surrounded by people who care for you or who have any sort of relation yeah. to you. And this book illustrates that you always do yeah. uh, participate in the net of relations with people around you. I think that's... Sorry, that, I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's an interesting point because this this paradox by which he wants to reject human violence inflicts so much suffering on those around her because she's ripping away the structures of she's she's just ripping herself out from the structures, but she's not actually tearing down the structures of violence that are in place. Mm-hmm. And that for it's, that way, it's it's, to, it's her her attempt to be to be as good as she could for a system mm-hmm. destabilize. Yeah, it's um. Everyone is very selfish, <laughs> including the un, the un, uh, uh, unexpressed protag- um, vegetarian. Would you recommend this book, Franek? Uh, it's definitely not a book which I instinctively would recommend. Uh, just the, a few weeks ago, I was asked to recommend something from the bottom of my heart, and I know how it feels to recommend something from the bottom of my heart. But I also wouldn't disrecommend this book. I think... Uh, it has enough in it uh, to uh, to make you to make you consider things which you probably wouldn't consider uh, otherwise. Uh, and as a read, it's a it's pretty uh, captivating read, I would say. So as a book, yeah, it's it's something I would say. And make it. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it's productive of something. The book, I think it like it. I'd mm. recommend it because when you read it, you think about some of the ideas i i think yeah it's definitely it's caused me to think about things in a way that i had not previously it could have done it better but um if you need that one right now if you want to be troubled in a particular way 
I'd go for it, yeah. And Emilie? Um, I would recommend this book. I think when I read it myself, I felt a little detached from it, a bit like Young Hei from the what was going on around her, perhaps. <laughs> oh, um, no. But also I could see that what was happening in the book was interesting mm. and, and, and thought-provoking. I recommended this book to two people. One of them was my dad. And I hadn't read it at the time. And afterwards I felt a little bit bad because he had a wife who was hospitalized as well for different reasons. But I didn't realize that this would end in a kind of hospitalization scene. So um, afterwards I felt a little bad. And he didn't, he said to me when he gave it back, this was not about someone becoming a vegetarian. So <laughs> I feel that's a very good description of the book. The other person I recommended it to loved it. And I think it also spoke to her in a, the way that she is in society as a different person. So depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. who asks. How about you, Jim? What about you? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I have not recommended it. I have given it as a present. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very firm recommendation. Or, yeah, or, or, or a question of hatred. <laughs> Tell us. No, they had said that they wanted to read it, so I thought, okay, read it. I, I, if someone asked for a recommendation, I would probably say, have you read I Love Dick? Have you read Ben Lerner? Have you read, I don't know, the Bible? Yeah, but like, but like, if someone um, asked for a recommendation, I would like to have a, um, a Kafka-esque trouble in the set in modern day Korea. I would go... There is this book called The Vegetarian, <laughs> and I mean, why the fuck is it called The Vegetarian? She's vegan. Come on. Um, so I yeah. would, I would, I would recommend it as a, like the I don't know book on the list. I would say this book has done a disservice to the vegetarian community. <laughs> no, no, it's, as a, as a piece of representation, it is it is inaccurate to say the least. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you for having listened. Next month we're going to be talking about Delphine de Vigan's bestseller Nothing Holds Back the Night. Bye.